Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. We'll thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. If you're looking for a great holiday gift for the coffee lover in your life, Strange Brew Coffee House, SB, or yeah, no, I'm sorry, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. That's the place to check out. And everything that's available in the stores, it's available right there. Not just coffee, but mugs and coffee uh, equipment and things of that nature. Plus, like we've said, all that great coffee that's getting brewed up every morning at Strange Brew. This holiday season, shop at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to shop this holiday season. We're looking for maroon and white merchandise for the Bulldog fan in your family. Bowl gear t-shirts will be made available as soon as the the bowl is uh, made known. Plus, there's all sorts of great other maroon and white merchandise. And if you're still looking for national championship stuff, and why would you not be? It's still available there. So whatever it is for your home, your car, or yourself, Maroon and White, they've got it at College Corner. Humble Taco, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. This holiday season, when you're in Starkville, you're looking for a great place to stop for lunch or dinner, choose Humble Taco. It's stuff like you've never had before. It's a unique experience, not just to Starkville, but just about anywhere else you go. Nobody else has got a Mexican restaurant like that. Nobody else is turning your Southern favorites into Mexican classics. It's only at Humble Taco. Check them out next time you are up here in Stark Vegas. Hump, um, sorry, Firehouse Subs uh, wants to remind you this holiday season, you're looking for something to bring to the Christmas party that's a little bit different. I would go with a Firehouse Subs party platter. Call your local Firehouse Subs. They've got locations in Starkville, Oxford, Tupelo, Columbus, Flowood, and Madison. And you can pick one of those uh, party platters up today. And if you're just looking to pick up your lunch, Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Put your order in. You can be in, out, and done in just a few minutes, and you're going to rack up reward points, which means you'll be eating free subs faster than you can believe it. Firehouse Subs, we like to eat there. I don't really have a good like finishing line for that one. i got to work on that, Robbie. Well, that says it all. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. We're going to talk coaching carousel in the second half of the show, sort of – Talk about, you know, what, what, not only how Mississippi State is affected, but how some of the other teams in the SEC are going to be affected. Of course, LSU uh, still looking. But today is a day of uh, looking back and uh, saying where we were wrong and, and saying where we were right. We're going to look back at our 2021 media poll and see who got it right and who got it wrong. And I, I got to say right off the bat, Robbie, congrats to you and I. We were on that seven and five bandwagon. We had it. Yeah. Didn't really know how it would play out, but I felt like that was a safe bet just because of all those games. I mean, how many times did we talk about in, in the summer those winnable games, but you could also say Mississippi State losing those games? Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of you know where you fall right there. Is we had those six games that we thought that were you know winnable ball games, but kind of toss ups. Mm-hmm. 
And it was just what, where was Mississippi State going to swing? Right. And it turned out it, it pretty much went to plan even after the Alabama game when we talked about that back half of the season could be really big for Mississippi State. And they finished, what, four and two? Mm-hmm. Was it four and two, three and two? Four and uh, two. So, so they, finished, they finished really well. I mean, the Ole Miss game was really gravy. If they were able to win that ball game and get to eight wins, get an Egg Bowl win, and finish the way that they did, that was just kind of gravy. But they, they really kind of still exceeded expectations for me, I think. A friend of mine put it really well. He says, you know, the only disappointing moment of this season is the Ole Miss game because Memphis and LSU, while they are bad losses, they're sort of canceled out by beating uh, Texas A&M, Kentucky, and Auburn. Games you didn't think you were going to win. But losing to Ole Miss obviously puts a little bit of a different spin on that. Robbie, you really had it had it sort of correct here because I remember asking you about it when we went through this, and you had seven and five with an egg bowl loss. So not bad. Also on the seven and five train, Steve Robertson, Paul Jones, Courtney Robb, and Chris Bolton. May he rest in peace. He's not dead. He just moved. Oh. He's he's, he's moved on to Lexington, Kentucky. Uh who was off big? Chrissy Freud, unfortunately, was nine and three was her prediction. Opportunities for to get there, no, no question. Uh, Brandon Walker had us eight and four, so he's only a game off. Bunch of six and six for Andy Costa, Stefan Kreshnik. I, I still don't know how to pronounce his last name. I, I guess that's it, correct. Is it Kreshnik? All right. Yes. I, I mean, threw in the little accent there. Uh, John Sokoloff and Matt St. Jean. <clears throat> and excuse me. And then Theo. The only negative guy in here. He had a state going five and seven, so he's a uh, he's two games to the bad on that one. Well, he's watched a lot of bad football at Missouri. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. No, no question about that. Assuming he starts all twelve games, will Will Rogers break the single season passing record of thirty seven ninety three? He did start all twelve games. He did break that record. So this is where you one where you and I differed uh, going back to it, and and you 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 were pretty adamant. You didn't think he could do it. Yeah. Um, you know, he surprised me. I, I just – I didn't know if this offense could take that big of a jump mm-hmm. this year, but it did. And it took a bigger jump than we probably thought. Yeah, pr- probably anybody. Um, you know, I, I, I thought by year three, Will could break that record, but I didn't know it would be this quick. Yeah, I, I just I, – I thought he would break it. I didn't think he would break it as much as he has and is going to continue to, considering that there's another game. He's going to end up close to 1,000 yards over it, if not more. Uh, so I had him breaking that along with Steve and Paul. Uh, Chrissy had that happening, Chris Bolton, and Matt St. Jean. Everybody else was a no on that one. I would like to, you know, I, I understand the no's. I just feel like there was enough leech track record that 3,800 yards just wasn't that big a number to me when I look back at this. 3,800 yards is like 350 a game. With with a you know, knowing that what I thought about the or I guess I should say, guessing what I thought the rushing offense would be, which would be like forty to fifty yards a game, they end up being closer to sixty. I think I just felt like three fifty a game, four hundred yards of offense a game, just wasn't. That's not. It's not a ton when you throw the ball fifty plus times, and that, that's how I looked at it. So ends up that I got that one right. Uh, will MSU have a five hundred yard rusher this season? The yeses have one more game, and they need 77 yards out of Dylan Johnson. Are they going to get it? Uh, no. No. So that's probably going to end up being a no. Uh, I, I, said, I said yes on that, did. didn't I? You did. Yeah, I, I said no. I did think that they, that they could, and quite frankly, they're pretty close. 
Yeah, I mean, Johnson is a little closer than I thought he, that they would be. He's at four. If he was, and, and he's kind of beat up right now. Yeah, I mean, if if he was fully healthy, he would easily get that. And then Marks is sitting on three ninety seven. So also, th- these are both two guys that could. I don't think they can both get it. Could that one of them get it with a you know a big game in the bowl game? Possibly. I think. I think. I mean, saying seventy seven yards for Dylan Johnson isn't out of the realm of possibility. Um, and then Marks a hundred. I mean, that's gonna be tough, but it's not. It's not completely undoable. Have they? They haven't had a hundred yard rusher. Not since, since Leach has been. No, no. They've been over hundred yards a few times. But... Yes, but not one guy over hundred yards. I thought both guys would end up about where they are in the mid to low four hundreds. And that's that's where they're going to end up being. It looks like so. I said no, along with Steve, Andy, Theo, Courtney, and Chris. Everybody else was a yes on that one. A lot of faith in, in Leach. I think that's another reason some people thought went no on the uh, the passing record. Is they I think they thought there'd be a little bit more running this year than there was. To be honest with you, there was more running this year than I thought there would be, but it's still not enough to get to 500 yards. It looks like at this point. That was my line of thinking is we were going to see what we saw against Missouri more. Mm-hmm. And we did in, in some respects. We, we did see a little more of that than we did last year. But at the end of the day, it kind of balanced out to be in that traditional air raid. I agree. Well, MSU have a top 40 defense. I think MSU tweeted out today that the top – they were what, 23rd nationally in total defense. This is what we're referring to when we say top 40 defense. The yeses obviously got that one, and a lot of yeses on that one. Uh, me and you, Steve and Paul, Stefan and Theo, uh, Brandon, John, Courtney, and Matt. I always found Chrissy's prediction really interesting, that she had State going 9-3 and three without a top 40 defense. So she really was expecting – I think she was expecting an even bigger jump than Mississippi State got offensively. Uh, yeah. She obviously thought that maybe this, this is a team that could pass for – I mean, Rodgers is sitting on, what, 4,400, maybe closer to 4,700 at this point, would just be a little bit more consistent offensively. And, and a lot of that has to do with the, the first part of the season. You know, the games against Memphis and, and, uh, and LSU, you know, hurt, hurt this offense. But I don't think people realize that the defense was as good as it was, by the way. I think a lot of people would have – if you had said, is this a top 25 defense, they would have said no. But statistically, it was. The scoring was not great. No, I, I don't. I don't. I need to look up that number. You, you don't happen to know it off the top of your head, do you? I think they were last in the West in points given up. Oof, that's rough. So that the you know they they gave up a lot of points this year. Yeah, real quick. I still I like pointing this out. Georgia gave up eighty three points this year. Oh my god! And they that, and that includes two uh, t- uh, scores off turnovers. So in reality, they gave up uh, sixty. Uh, really? 69? Nice. I, I mean, uh, this, this defense this defense has to be one of the greats of all time. I mean, I, I'm not even trying to use hyperbole there. Yeah. When you consider how offenses have advanced and they're giving up less than 10 points a game, mm-hmm. is that correct? Uh, yeah. Less than 10 points a game in this day and age is unbelievable. Like, that is just – that's hard to even fathom. I mean, because everybody's scoring points now. It's very hard. I mean, you talk about – we're talking about states of top 25 defense, and they gave up over 25 points a game this year. Yeah. Uh, for a team to only give up eight points a game is just mind-boggling. 
So State uh, this year was 57th nationally in scoring uh, defense, which was ahead of LSU. So they were not last in the West, not okay. last in the SEC. Either. And they're within a quarter of a point of, uh, of Ole Miss. So trying to see here. here there's, here's the SEC uh, stats on that. So State was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth in the conference in scoring defense. So not terrible. Second, second to last in the West. Yes, yes, basically tied for last. They're both at twenty five point three. It's a, it's a. If you have to go into the hundreds, but get, you know what? I keep hearing people talk about, you know, the defense, this and that. There's not a single game that I can blame the defense. The truth of the matter is, Robbie, twenty five points a game in this day and age of college football is not a lot. No, it's not a lot. Uh, you're, if that, you're only averaging twenty five points a game scoring, you're in trouble. Yeah, and that's kind of my point with both Georgia and Mississippi State too. Is that, you know, Georgia doing what they're doing is unbelievable because everyone is scoring so many points right now. I right. mean, Alabama's giving up a lot of points. They're very much a throwback, Georgia. This is a team yeah. that's been dominant in the 80s and 90s. You wouldn't expect yeah. to see it nowadays. But So, State's defense, yeah, top 40 defense, not bad. And uh, it looks like about two-thirds of us said it would be in the top 40, including both of us. MSU did not have a preseason All-SEC first-teamer who is the most likely candidate to earn that. If you voted for Charles Cross, you got it. He's going to – I mean, they haven't made it official yet, but I, think, I feel pretty confident saying he's going to be first-team. Do you feel like State has any other potential first-teamers? I don't. No, I mean, maybe Makai Polk, if they're considering – if they just look at the stats. Polk is the guy who should get some, probably some second-team consideration, but you're right. Yeah. First team, I, I just don't see that. So you and I both went with Jaden Wally because I think that's because we didn't see the emergence of Makai Polk. And yeah. I didn't know if – you know, Charles Cross was solid last year, but I didn't know if he would reach his full potential mm -hmm. like this. But I can't – but at the same time, I can't believe I didn't pick him. Yeah. Um, it, 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 what you're saying is fair. And with, with, with what, us picking Wally, we thought Wally would have the catch numbers that Polk had this year. I thought Wally would be around 100 catches. And the, with the kind of athlete he is and the way, the way he plays in the slot, 100 catches for him would have been around 1,100, 1,200 yards. Mm -hmm. So he would have been a first-team guy had that happened. But Polk emerged, and it just sort of the guy. Uh, who did take Charles Cross? Paul took him, Theo, uh, Chrissy, Brandon, and Chris Bolton all went with Charles Cross. Uh, anybody else go with Wally? Uh, Courtney Robb did. Uh, let's see here. Steve Robertson. Andy Koska both went with Aaron Brule. Stefan and John went with Emerson. And Matt St. Jean was the only one to vote for Emmanuel Forbes. But Cross is going to be the guy out of, out of that. For me, this is the most interesting next two categories, to you know, pick the game that, to win or lose. What game would you predict MSU to win that they are most likely to lose? Well, I was right because I said Ole Miss. I, I will say that every year, though. Every year, the game state, I will always pick state to win it in most circumstances, and they, I will always say, but they could very easily lose it, and, and that's the case here. Uh, I should have gone with that one, too, but, yeah. I, but I picked them to lose. You did. Stefan and Sock, the Sock were, all, were with me on that one. Uh, you had Kentucky, and you, you were right that you were predict, in predicting them to win. Yeah. So that was good. Uh, Steve was also on the right page. He had NC State. And obviously, State won that game. Paul got his, got his right the same way I did. He had LSU. Andy, same thing. He had Arkansas. Theo 
uh, Courtney and Matt were they were ahead of us on Memphis. They all said State could lose to Memphis. That's probably one that I think all three of them. I sent them back a thing saying, "Do you think State's going to lose to Memphis?" Just wanted to you know just be making sure. And all of them were like, "Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying," and they were correct. Uh, Chrissy said LSU. Brandon said NC State, and uh, Chris Bolton said Auburn. So he had State beating Auburn. So he's probably the only one of us that may have projected that. But he did think they could lose the game. Looking on the other side of it, prediction what game would you predict State to lose or most likely to win? You and I uh, were correcting that they would lose to LSU. We both had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Robertson joined us in that, as did Brandon Walker and Courtney Robinson. There was a lot. So we were right in that State was probably going to lose that game, but they could have very easily won it. Very easily won it. Uh, Paul had State losing to NC State. So uh, he was he was correct in terms of. So he did really good. He he did he, the game he predicted them to win, but most likely to lose, they lost. The game most like predicted to lose, but most likely to win, they won. He had it. He had it. He was on the right page there. Uh, Andy Koska picked Auburn, so that's interesting. He was picking State to lose to Auburn, but he thought they had a chance. Uh, as did uh, Theo and Chrissy on that one. Steph, Stefan went with uh, Kentucky, so he was correct that State had a chance to win that. Uh, John went with Arkansas, and then Chris and Matt both said the Egg Bowl. So they had State losing the Egg Bowl most likely. So they, they were the opposite of me on that one. I think by and large what we learned is this from this exercise. And if you've paid attention to this media poll, outside of 2016 and 2018, I think 2018 we were all a little overly optimistic, and same with 2016. But in 2016 we didn't know – how bad a defensive coordinator Peter Sermon was before the season started. In 2018, we didn't know that Joe Moorhead's offense wasn't going to work at all uh, in 2018. But for the most part, your local media guys, we have a pretty good feel for what's going on here. Whereas you think about a lot of guys in you know the SEC Media Days group, uh, a lot of your national guys, they all had state finishing dead last in the West and challenging Vanderbilt for the worst team in the conference. You had some people who were legitimately saying state may only win the Vanderbilt game this year. They may go three and nine, four and eight, stuff like that. Whereas in this, you know, only Theo predicted a, a, a losing record. And honestly, it could have been five and seven. But I feel like this year we had a pretty good feel for this team. Do you agree? Absolutely. I think that's mo- most of us in the preseason kind of mentioned. You know, this we don't think this team's going to be great, but they can be better than last. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just I felt like people just didn't really do their homework on this team at all. I mean, you knew that Mike Leach was going to be better in year two. He was returning everybody, uh, including his coaching staff, which I think got overlooked by a lot of people. That's a big deal. And you added some impact players in the transfer portal. You had the defensive kind of defensive unit kind of getting uh, re-energized with uh, guys returning and adding some pieces there. You didn't have a lot of walk-ons out there. So you knew State was going to be better. You knew they were going to win most of their non-conference games. It just made no sense to me to project them to lose eight games yeah, or whatever it was. Um, and I think really this team – I said it earlier, I think this team was better than I thought. Um, I, I didn't know – that they would go to A&M and win. I didn't know they'd go to Auburn and win. I projected both those to be losses. Um, you know, I, I've, I felt like the Arkansas game was a toss-up and, um, you know, NC State and games like that. But 
for the most part, this team really was better than the record. Uh, they they, sh- they could have very easily won nine or ten games. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that um, once again, and, and again next year, the media will be wrong about Mississippi State. They'll come in and say Mississippi State's going to win six or seven, and State will probably win nine. Mm-hmm. So um, this, this, is just the, this is just the uh, this is just this is the perception around Mississippi State every year. The media almost every time is wrong. The national media is wrong almost every time. You know, I know state fans don't like him, but Barrett Sali did an article a couple of years ago about where teams finish in relation to their SEC media days prediction, and state was by far the most underrated team in terms of where they're predicted versus where they finish. And it will be, again, the case this year. They were finished. They were predicted seventh. They finished fourth. So they will jump again. Let's do this real quick. Let's do, let's do a way too early media poll, just me and you, for next year. State's final regular season record. I'm going to say nine and three. I will say eight and four. I, I predict, the other day I looked at it and I, saw, and I thought State could very easily go ten and two. Ooh, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. But I, I like. I mean, I, I have them losing to Bama and Georgia, but I, I see the rest of the schedule is winnable. Winnable, yes, but I feel like with the Mike Leach experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I could, I could definitely see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this year they could, they could have won ten games. This they year, they could have. All right. Assuming he starts all twelve games, will Will Rogers set another single season passing record? So we're going to have to assume he's going to be over. 4,700 yards. I say yes. I'm going to say no this this year because they've got Bama and Georgia on the schedule, and I think it's going to be tougher to to put together like 400-yard games there. I, I just see a, a guy, again, that's going to throw the ball 50 times, and he just needs to get seven yards of completion. And 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 in the rest of the games, if he gets nine yards of completion, he's going to be pretty close to it. So I'm going to say yes. I, I mean, he's going to have – He's going to have over, like you said, probably almost five five thousand yards passing this year. Yeah, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but I feel like he's he's got a chance to do it. I must say forty five. Okay. Will MSU have a five hundred yard rusher in twenty twenty two? I will say yes next year. Yeah, it's going to happen. I agree. I agree. Will they have a top forty defense next year? I feel like they have a chance to be pretty good defensively. I mean, they're going to lose Emerson. Uh, they're going to lose um, Fred oh. Peters. Fred Peters, they're going to lose a couple pieces in the secondary. But I feel like they're recruiting well. I think they'll hit the transfer portal. I think Jordan Davis coming back will be big for them. I say they do it again, yes. I think the defense is going to be better next year okay. than this year. Okay, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, You're, you're say, adding – the big thing is you're adding a legitimate pass rusher. Yeah. And Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis would help this team a lot this year. Would have helped a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the defense looks a lot different with – Randy Charlton coming off the bench behind Jordan Davis, yeah, and keeping those guys fresh, it would have been it would have looked a lot different. I agree. All right, let's do this a little differently. Who is most likely first team All SEC when we do the preseason media poll next year, the SEC Media Days poll? Um, do, do you take one or two quarterbacks? Well, because I mean, if you take two quarterbacks, Will Rogers could be in that mix. No, no, Matt Corral's gone. They'll only take one for the first team. That okay, will likely so, be Bryce Young. Yes. But you could say Will Rogers. I mean, Will Rogers will get votes for sure. Yeah, but I, if it's just one guy, it's not going to be him. Okay. If it's two guys, he's got a shot. Okay. Uh, but if it's just one, it's not going to be him. So I'm going to say I'm going to say uh, Mackay Polk. 
Makai Polk is my answer as well. He will be a shoe-in to be a first-team All-SEC guy next year. Uh, Forbes was another one you could pick. Yep. There. Um, Which, again, an, another guy who's got no love preseason from uh, anybody. Had a good season. All right, looking at next year's schedule, what game would you predict MSU to win that they are most likely to lose? You already know my answer to this. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Um, that's probably mine. Mm-hmm. But I might go with LSU because that's going to be on the road. Mm-hmm. I got to know who their coach is to feel what will do. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's leave them out of the mix for now. I, I'm going to go with Ole Miss as well. Okay. What game would you predict MSU to lose that they are most likely to win? This would I'm be LSU for me. LSU or Kentucky. Yeah, again, with Kentucky, is Mark Stoops still the head coach there? You know, there's some there's some smoke around him, and we're about to talk about that going to, uh, to, to Oklahoma. A&M. A&M is a good choice, but that game being in Starkville sort of helps you a little bit. LSU is going to be on the road, regardless of who LSU's coach is there. They're, you know they're talented. It's tough to win at Tiger Stadium. I feel like that's a safe, safe, safe pick for me. Yeah. So, all right. There you go. That's your. That's the first two. I'm sure things will change between now and then uh, when we do this poll back uh, in uh, next August. Again, I want to thank everybody who participated. Uh, not bad, guys. Not bad. All right. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that right now you can go to their Facebook page. Please drop them a like while you're there, and you can vote for the best steak and the best burger in the state of Mississippi. They've got a link set up right there. You click on that, and boom, you're voting. And look, make sure you're voting on, by clicking that link. Just putting a comment on the Facebook page does not count. And, of course, always want to invite you guys to check out msbeef.org. That's a place where you can find a lot of great recipes and a lot of great information about our beef producers in this state. 15,000 Mississippians working to make our state even better. Miss Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to go for smoked southern soul food. And it is just so darn good. Every time we go there, it's a great experience. And I'm telling you, you'll have the same. It's a great restaurant. One of my favorite places, not just in Starkville, but across the entire SEC. And wherever I've traveled, I always come back to the food at Two Brothers. It's some of the best I've ever had. So when you're in Starkville, make sure Two Brothers is on your list. And you'll be having a great time out there in the Cotton District. Advantage Business Systems has a two-way plan to take care of your business, and they couldn't make it any easier for you if they tried. Talk about a great selection of products and services, everything your business needs to thrive from a technological standpoint, and everything you get from those guys, every sale is made with the kind of customer service you would expect to get dealing with your next-door neighbor. And that's what they are at Advantage Business Systems. They are your next-door neighbor. They're a Mississippi business first and foremost. They're going to school. They're going to church. They're doing the same things you are every single day. Why don't you call them and find out how they can put 46 years here in the Magnolia State worth of experience to work for you. That number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. All right, let's talk uh, college coaching carousel. It continues to spin. Let's start off with Rich Rodriguez at Jacksonville State. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> big news it's big about news. time he made it to the state of alabama isn't his son the head the the quarterback for ulm will he be transferring him will he be joining him in the portal that's the topic of conversation yes all right so florida 
done. Billy Napier, which, you know, got to give Napier some credit, right? Bet on himself through two coaching cycles and ends up with what I would say is a top five job. Uh, you know, didn't take Mississippi State, didn't take Ole Miss, didn't take South Carolina, didn't take Auburn, had opportunities to take all of those jobs if he had really wanted them, I think. But waited it out, and I think, I think he would have taken LSU, but obviously they drug their feet on that one, and, and Scott Strickland, love him or hate him, got the job done, and now he's headed to Florida. USC is filled. That's where Lincoln Riley's going. The U, by the way, the, the meltdown of Oklahoma fans who, for the most part, have never experienced anything like this in their life is kind of funny to watch, right? How crazy is that? They have never had a coach leave since 1947 for, a, yeah. for another job. Another job, yeah. That is just nuts. They either fired them or they retired, one of the two. But, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people say that, you know, Lincoln Riley's scared of the SEC and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as being scared. I see it as being smart. It is being smart, 100%. I mean, would you – I mean, let's, let's think about this for a little bit. If he, does, if he goes to LSU and doesn't win a national championship within like five years, there's a high possibility that he's getting fired. Right. He's having to compete with Nick Saban every year in his own division. He's having to compete with Georgia in the other division. He's having to compete with other schools that are pretty freaking good that can beat LSU. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Auburn, A&M. Those teams are not right now elite, although Ole Miss is moving to that status this, this year. Those teams are not your blue bloods, but they're, they're very capable of beating you. In the Big 12, that doesn't happen. Well, right. he's about, whether he stays at Oklahoma or goes to LSU, he's about to be in that fishbowl. So you can do that, and you can get fired in a few years if you don't win a national championship, mm-hmm. or you can go to USC and be really good mm-hmm. and keep your job and compete for Pac-12 like championships. It, it'll be easy for him to win the Pac-12 out there. I mean, Oregon and Washington and those schools aren't anywhere near ahead of them, and it, they can recruit well. I saw something yesterday. That I think four of you of Oklahoma's top five commitments for this year and next year are from Southern California, so those are easy flips. Yeah, you're right. It's just smart business, you know. And that I, man, great. what what a hire by USC. I mean, oh, that's yeah. that's about as good as they could do. We I can't. mean, he's. And I think, you know, a lot of people were talking about James Franklin. I like, uh, I like him better than James Franklin. I agree with that 100%. You can't, you can't help but love the whole, I will not be the coach at LSU because I'm going to be the coach at USC, basically. It's, yes, that was, that was outstanding. So Oklahoma open, uh, LSU still open, Virginia Tech still open, uh, Miami feels like Manny Diaz's days are numbered. Those are, let's, let's sort of focus on those jobs. I think Mark Stoops is a strong candidate for Oklahoma, possibly a lesser candidate for LSU. I feel like Lane Kiffin is a candidate for LSU and Oklahoma and a strong candidate if Miami comes open. And then I feel like Josh Heupel is a candidate for Oklahoma, which means Tennessee would come open. And God help our friend Bill Martin. That guy can't stop being a part of a coaching search. So we'll see if he can't get a little bit more uh, continuity. I mean, this thing is not close to being done. No, no, we got another couple weeks. And signing day is (laughs) 15 days away, I think. I mean, this is nuts. I mean, this is going to really ramp up Mm -hmm. because, I mean, ULL, that doesn't matter. These underneath places, those those aren't going to matter. But 
if you start getting into, you know, Ole Miss comes open, Tennessee comes open, you having to fill those and then fill another spot somewhere else. I mean, this thing's going to be spinning for a while here. Lane Kiffin is now the betting favorite to be the new coach at LSU. I'll be I find that happens. I find shocking. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really see it there. Mm-hmm. I do see Oklahoma. I think that would be a great fit for both parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do see Miami. I think that would be a great fit. Mm-hmm. But I don't really see LSU. Um, and I haven't really heard a whole lot of – I haven't seen a whole lot of smoke around that. I haven't either. But there, he's a betting favorite there, and he's up there for Oklahoma. Yeah. Heupel makes, Heupel makes the most sense at Oklahoma, does he not? He does, but do you want to leave after one year at Tennessee? Which, I mean, I feel bad for him almost at that point. That's twice in, a, in less than a decade where they're like, we've got our guy, and he leaves after one year. And who, who does Tennessee hire if, uh, if he leaves? I Dan? I don't know who they would hire. Who should they, uh, who should they call? Do and you think always, their fans would go for that? He just got fired from their I rival? Know. I don't know at this point, man. I don't know what t- Tennessee fans, I think, might just be like, you know what? I don't care anymore. Just, just I just don't care. I mean, I, I thought a, they had their guy with, with Jeremy Pruitt. That turned out to be a disaster. Yeah. You know, they had the thing when, you know, Mullen was supposed to be hired there and that fell through. Greg Schiano was hired and they basically just crapped all over that and they had to nix that. And they finally have a guy that looks like he's brought some stability, looks like he's going to be really exciting, and he goes to Oklahoma. That would be devastating. Here's another question about Ole Miss. Is Jeff Lebby, their offensive coordinator, in the mix for any of these other smaller guys? You mentioned a thing like Lafayette. Uh, I think Lebby, is, his resume is strong enough that a, a school like Virginia Tech could consider him. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm trying to, just trying to look my way around the uh, – the coaching carousel in these places is, is Levy a can going to be a candidate for some of these smaller jobs? You think? Yeah, for sure. The question I have with Levy is if he go if he makes that jump, is he Dan Mullen or is he Joe Moorhead? Mm. And he doesn't even have a, the head coaching experience. Point. Yeah, he didn't even have the the coaching experience that Joe Moorhead had. Yeah, but Dan Mullen is had no you know, coaching, for, coaching experience for all his uh, faults. Uh, in recruiting and stuff like that, we know he's a good program guy. Yeah, uh, we we we've seen that. We've seen him run a program. We've seen the development. We've seen the consistency inside his program. Never really had a coup. Never really had a you know players turning against him. Didn't have a whole lot of discipline problems. You knew that he was a really good head coach. On top of being a play caller, would Jeff Levy be just a Joe Moorhead, great play caller, but turn out to be kind of a you know, doesn't know how to run a program. Basically, yeah, we don't know what he would do in that situation. So a lot of people just going ahead and saying, you know, if Lane Kiffin leaves, just promote Jeff Levy, and you're not going to miss a beat. Well, we don't know that. We See, don't I don't think Ole Miss would do that. I think Ole Miss is going to tell people like we could pay five, six, we can pay five or six million dollars a year. Let's go get a real. And they should. I mean, yeah. they, you know, they already screwed up by by letting Matt Luke kind of hang around there yeah. when they they can't do that again. No. So I mean, you. Your program right now is at the point of stability that you could go hire somebody that might even be a sitting power five. Yeah. We just mentioned him, Joe Moorhead. Looking like he's going to be the next head coach at Akron, where he was previously an assistant. Good for Joe. I hope hope he's figured it out and he has success. 
and that makes sense for him too. It's a good it's a good fit for him mm-hmm. um, geographically. Yeah, and from a play calling standpoint, he is miles ahead of anybody he's going to be coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it should be similar to what he had whenever he was at Fordham. He should be able to win big there. I don't know how tight he is, but does Garrett Schrader give Akron a look in the portal and, and head up there? Or well, he's got to sit out if he does. That's a good point. Has he already used his free transfer? I don't I don't know. I guess so. Yeah, he has. But that That's yeah. the thing, too. I mean, we're seeing the transfer portal is filling up today. Oh, yeah. The, these guys better be careful. There, there's going to be some guys jump in there that they're going to have to sit out next year, yeah. and some guys are going to be left out entirely. Mm-hmm. I, I've checked, and nobody's in the portal for Mississippi State yet. I expect there to be. Yeah, it's I expect coming. there to be some guys. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, pe- people have got to be careful with this portal. But it, it's about to get insane. I agree. I agree. Anything else in the carousel that's, that stands out that's worth mentioning right this second? Uh, You know, not really. I, I, think, it's, I think it's only about to – to begin here, I mean, I, I think Lincoln Riley really has set the dominoes in motion. Yeah, because that's going no, to, that's nobody was expecting another, them to go there. Oklahoma is going to go sitting head coach. Somebody who Absolutely. is a head coach will be going to Oklahoma. They're not taking an assistant. I don't think they'd look to the NFL. They're going to find a sitting head coach. That's going to pull somebody else. Basically, right now, if you're like uh, some, you know, people should be worried. Good mid-major programs need to be worried. Their coach is going to a power five. Coastal Carolina, I'll be surprised if their coach is still there next year because whoever goes to Oklahoma, that program would probably look at Coastal Carolina's head coach. I'm surprised he hasn't been hired yet or come up in any names. If Ole Miss, if they lose Kiffin, that guy, is it Chadwell is his name? Yeah, Jamie Chadwell. Would be a good fit at Ole Miss, I think. Yeah, he would. That would be a good hire. So Him or the uh, Matt Campbell – Matt Campbell or Tennessee, um, if they lose Heupel, Chadwell will be a good hire for them. Yeah. There's just, there's just some programs right now. If you have been a good mid major the past two or three years, you're in danger right this second, like Lafayette was. You know, and, they, and this is why, this is why I say Mississippi State does not need to be. Yeah. Right in the now. Coach's yeah. carousel right it's now. This is leave. not a good time. You feel, like, you feel like he's not a guy who likes to leave. I don't think yeah. I don't think he's going to Oklahoma, and that's probably the only one that would really catch his fancy at this point. So, oh well. All right, back on the rumblings tomorrow. So we will uh, we will be taking your questions, get them in, and we will answer them. Please, please remember to lock your tweets. Makes it so much easier for us uh, to get through them, and we will answer all those questions tomorrow. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.